What's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Sensibly Cynical Podcast. My name, of course, is Sean, and today I have a fantastic episode for you. Shortly, I will be joined by Neil of the GameCube Was Cool Podcast. You know, he's one half of the dynamic duo over there um, alongside his co-host, Mike, who unfortunately could not be here for this interview, but it is awesome nonetheless. We document the fantastic video game console known as the GameCube. And with me on the line, he is one of the co-hosts of the GameCube What's Cool podcast. Neil, what's going on, man? Hey, Sean, I'm good. Thanks for having me on the show today. Yeah, man. Well, I didn't get both of you, but I'll take take one. Yeah, man. That's okay. Mike's busy. So, I mean, like, hey, if one of us is free, we're going to come on regardless. So, thank you so much for... uh, God, taking the time to invite us out. This is cool. I'll, I'll speak on Mike's behalf. I feel like we've known each other a long time. We can probably talk for each other at this point. We're going on 19 years since the GameCube debuted. So it's kind of a good time to bring you on and, and I like to talk about, you know, how your podcast started. So go ahead and talk about the history. Yeah, sure thing. I mean, you're right. The GameCube is turning, it'll be uh, 19 on uh, November 18th, which is crazy to think. It came out in 2001 when we were just, we were young. Mike and I were young kids at the time. So uh, yeah, the history of the podcast. I mean, Mike and I, we go back almost 20 years at this point. We've been best friends since we were in elementary school. And uh, we bonded over a whole bunch of things. Like we were in sports together. We played baseball, hockey. Being from Toronto, Canada, you have to play hockey, of course. Uh, and then like obviously right around that time, 2001, the GameCube had just come out. So uh, he and I, we we each got our GameCubes a little bit later. I think we were both around 2003. And uh, we instantly bonded over that as well. So we love games like we got uh, Nightfire, Goldeneye, double, or not Goldeneye, 007 Nightfire uh, is like just a fantastic multiplayer game that we still play to this day. Uh, for now, it's been 16 years we've had that. Uh, we both played games like Mario Party together at sleepovers. We would rent games from Blockbuster when that was a thing. Uh, we traded up games like I would borrow Double Dash from him. He would bo- borrow like Spider-Man games from me or something. And we played SpongeBob games because we were young. So we played those games like all the way through elementary school together. And uh we both went to high school together, and uh, we both kind of took a bit of a hiatus from games in that time, right? So that was around from like 2007, so like around the time the Wii, the PS3, and the 360 came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of took a bit of a break from games, but we kept playing GameCube stuff. So like Mike had a Wii, which luckily the Wii was backwards compatible with GameCube, and it had the four controller ports. So I would go over to his place, and we would we would continue to play games like Nightfire and Smash and Double Dash. So... Like when everyone was playing Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, or whatever it was on Xbox, Left 4 Dead, we were we were at home playing Melee, <laughs> which was funny. So, I mean, later on in college and university, we both got into the modern stuff like PlayStation. We now have PlayStation 4s. Mike's got a pretty sick PC, so he, he plays that sometimes too. Um, but then, like, we still, like, I started collecting for GameCube. I decided, like, hey, this console we have, like, this history with, so... I'm going to go back. I'm going to like go on eBay, go to thrift stores, go to used game stores and try and find some good deals and try and build up a GameCube collection. So I did that for a while and I don't have like a ton of GameCube games. Like some collectors you see on Instagram, they've got massive collections, right? Uh, I might have like 50 GameCube games right now, like two consoles. It's a modest collection, but I feel like I have most of the good ones at this point. 
so then about, I guess it was around April, like March or April, around the time the pandemic actually started, uh, Mike said like, hey man, we should probably like, maybe we should just start a podcast. Like, because, you know, we both, we both love this console. We both love games. Um, like what, let's just see what, what it takes to start a podcast and what we can do. So we, we got together a few times digitally, of course. Uh, we had a few like uh, Skype calls and just to talk over the phone about like creating a schedule and like what games there are. We found out there are like way more GameCube games than we ever thought. There's over 500 GameCube games. Uh, and then we just figured, okay, let's talk about each game. You know, some episodes will be one big game like Super Mario Sunshine. We've done uh, 27 episodes now. This week we just today actually launched the Spider-Man episode. So yeah, it's going good so far and, uh, you know, picking up some traction. The GameCube's got a pretty decent like cult following. So we figured might as well see who's out there and uh, talk some GameCube for a few weeks or a few years. <laughs> the thing about it is you can always just say, hey, the GameCube, you know, was cool. You can branch it on to branch it off to a different, you know, console. Yeah, like we did an episode. Uh, one of our earlier episodes was completely about the uh, Dreamcast, which was a console from the same era, like 2000, same time around GameCube. And there were a bunch of Dreamcast ports that got moved over to GameCube because Sega obviously went out of, well, not out of business, but they turned into a developer. So we did like an entire episode just on Dreamcast games that were on GameCube and, and like that was just a, a fun thing to do. And that was kind of like you said, like you can change it to doing anything was cool. So that probably is where the podcast will end up going for now. But who knows? I mean, we're still we're only like 150 games in. So so I'm going to put you on the spot here. What's your fa- what was your favorite like genre of game that they produced for that console? My personal favorite from that era, hmm, that, that's really tough because there's so. That's the thing is that we found out that there's so many, but I absolutely love the Pikmin games from that era. Mm-hmm. Like, there's only two. That only counts as two games, but that's probably my favorite franchise from the GameCube era was Pikmin. Uh, I, I played them both not when I was a kid. I played them re- more recently, like in the last five years, and I, I loved the just playing as Olimar and the Pikmin and everything. But as a kid, honestly, like we played just the the. the we were young, right? So we played like SpongeBob games and party games. So like Mario Party comes to mind when I'm when I'm thinking about the GameCube as a going back to a, as a kid. Yeah, I know. I haven't had a chance to check it out, but like Metroid Prime, did you play that? Yeah, yeah, Metroid Prime's fantastic. We just put out the Metroid episode last week too. That is definitely objectively one of the best games of all time. Now, like Metroid is not for everybody because it's like it's not a shooter. It's not like Halo, but uh, it's it's like. It's super pretty to look at. The graphics age very well. The gameplay is still sharp. The controls take some getting used to because it is an aged first-person shooter. But no, Metroid Prime is so good. Like if you're into like an exploration game with a lot of backtracking and not a lot of story, uh, definitely check out Metroid Prime. And that game is really cheap too. Like we go back and check out some of these games that aren't good, right? And they're maybe three, four hundred dollars. Some of them because like collectors are insane. But then like you you see like these really good games like like Metroid Prime, or we covered Tony Hawk a few weeks ago, and these games are like $20 still for some reason. Like, the good games are cheap, which is weird. Tony Hawk, man, don't get me started on that shit, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was a PlayStation, so I got a quick story about that. I'm a, uh, I, I, did, I had a PlayStation, and uh, I used to play the, I think it was PS2, I think, or maybe it was the original PlayStation. And I kid you not, man, they all blur together, but I remember one day, I literally was on the PlayStation 21 hours. The twenty-four. Jeez, that's crazy. And I could that's not, crazy. I could not be Tokyo. Those games are hard, man. Like I played, I jumped in on Tony Hawk Pro Skater Three on GameCube. That was one of my first memories of GameCube, and I have, I picked up that game. I think that was the second game I bought for the system, and I played that game to death as well. I don't think I ever got to twenty-one hours in a single sitting, though. That's impressive. 
Did you pick up the remakes this year? Like the, the Oh no, no. I'm I'm just now getting I'm just now getting back. I took a video game break. Like when I was back in um in my hometown of Tiesville, we we would always play like Halo tournaments and C O D and stuff. And then when I got to and then when I got to um college <laughs> Games kind of became secondary to when's the club open, when's you know, when's the bar open, <laughs> yeah. like you know what I mean? Like where's the chicks at, you know? <laughs> it's like it's like those those questions came closer to me than, you know, what time are we gonna start the land line, you know? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Take yeah, like when's the club open and <laughs> So I stopped a little bit, you know, and then um, I'm thinking about getting back into it just because everything going on. And I thought about looking at the Xbox. Um, so, what's your what's your take on the PS, the classic PlayStation versus Xbox? Like, do you think there's do you think there's a stark difference, like on the consumer? Like, one consumer is looking for this, so they go to that, you know, or is there a consumer difference on the products? Definitely. I mean, so I've had I had both the PS4 and the Xbox One at one point. I started with the Xbox One because I really wanted to get Rare Replay. I don't know if you remember that. It was like a collection of 30 games on the Xbox One. It came out pretty early. And it had like Banjo-Kazooie, Conker's Bad Fur Day, Battletoads, like all those classic N64. I think I remember yeah. that. Yeah, man. That's a classic 80s game on the NES. But I picked it up for that. And then, you know, a few a few months went by, almost a year, I would say, and, like, there were no exclusives coming out that were speaking to me, right? Like, Xbox doesn't have the same ex- level of exclusives, I think, that Sony has and that even Nintendo has. Um, like, Microsoft has Halo, they have Forza, they have Gears of War, but, like... I mean, that's, a, that's about it, right? And then you look at Sony, like I was, I was just, I had my Xbox here. I was playing like, you know, the third party stuff like Batman and Tomb Raider, which were great. But then like my friends who had uh, PlayStations were getting games like Uncharted and Last of Us and, and Horizon and, and now Spider-Man and God of War and like... Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. I need to play that. Oh, dude, it's, it's so good. You have to, if you haven't played it yet, you have to. It's fun. Like it's, it's deep. Like the old God of War games are so different than the new ones. So... Highly recommend that game. But yeah, like Xbox doesn't have the same exclusive party that Sony and Nintendo do. If you're looking for power though, like Xbox has always seemed to be the way to go. Like the Xbox Series X, it looks beautiful. I've seen a lot of reviews. Yeah. Looking pretty good. So you're obviously, since you're a uh, Nintendo person, you're leaning towards the Xbox Series. No. Actually, no, I'm not. I'm. Uh, I have a Switch, so I have that already. And then I'm probably gonna get the PS5. To be honest, I do have a PS4, and I love it. So, like I said, I've played Spider-Man and God of War and uh, Last of Us 2. I played that this year. That was really fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, Xbox. It's a powerful console, and it's got great. It's got a great service with that. Uh, what's it called? Xbox uh, Games Pass. Yeah. Yeah, like it's like a Netflix subscription for games, which you get all of these classic games on Xbox. They're backwards compatible. Compatible backwards compatibility is so cool like you can put an xbox game into an xbox one and play it like that makes no sense right no console does that so like they make a lot of consumer positive moves but then it's like as a gaming company it's just like i'm they just bought a whole bunch of uh developers about a year ago i think at e3 they announced acquiring oh man i can't remember them now but uh like they'll have i can't remember like names very well but like they acquired a whole bunch of studios which is good but these days like games take five six years to make but let's talk about before all this. Let's go. Let's go old school. Let's go. Sure, let's I'm go. Gonna... You know, dial tone. You know, AOL. <laughs> you got mail. All that. How were you on the PC games back in the day? So I played games on PC a little bit. Like I played Diablo one. 
I had that. I had like, and then I just split. I played a bit of Call of Duty on PC because um, like Call of Duty on GameCube wasn't very good. Uh, and then I'd play like ran. I love the Tycoon games. Like I love Roller Coaster Tycoon and like. Dude, you don't even get me started, man. I would do yeah. some crazy. <laughs> I would do some crazy <laughs> shit, man. And then you got to kill your. You got to kill your the people in your uh, in your park for fun. You know that was a fun game. I played that game a lot. Oh, and I don't and uh, I would mess around on Sims, you know. And yeah, yeah, those games were cool. Um, but yeah, other than that, like PC, like in school, like we had like Math Circus, which I don't know if you have that in uh, Florida. It's like a weird school game, but it was fun. It was like, it looked like it was made on MS Paint, very early 90s. Yeah, I got into like Team Fortress Classic and Counter-Strike and... Cool, okay. You got deep into PC gaming then. Counter-Strike was the shit back in the day, man. Like I know. And then, um, and then this old game, Tenaris. Does that ring a bell? It was a tank fighting game. Tenaris was the jam. So I would play, I would play that, I would play that stuff. And, you know, that's what kind of got me into it. And then okay. when I got into, like, um, Super Nintendo and everything, mm-hmm. like, did you look up Tenaris? It's, it was an interesting history on that. Yeah, that that's weird. I haven't played too many tank games, but uh, that's interesting. Okay, so what was the first console you had? I'm, I feel like I'm interviewing you now, but, like, when did you switch from PC to con- – or, like, when did you buy a console? Was it PlayStation 1 or – no, I had the, I think we had, I think we had the Super Nintendo was the first one that I got. I can't remember if we had the, I think we may have had the regular Nintendo, but I know I used to, I used to have the Game Boys, the old school Game Boy, the original Game Boy. Yep. And then I think I had a run with the Game Boy Color, you know, and I don't know if you remember Virtual Boy. I, I remember it, but I never had one. I'm surprised Nintendo hasn't, like, put something out to let us play Virtual Boy again. So I'm like, let us play it. Why not? Like That tennis game was the best one. Luigi's Mansion. Do you know that game? Yeah, yeah, I've played Luigi's Mansion a few times. Tell me about that game, because I don't think I played it and I heard about it. Okay, yeah, Luigi's Mansion was a launch title for the GameCube, and, like, at this point in 2001, Nintendo was known for launching with a Mario game, right? You had uh, Mario Bros. on NES, Super Mario World on SNES, and then Mario 64 on N64. All three games of those are masterpieces, in my opinion. Um, But then when the GameCube came out, everyone was hoping for, you know, Mario 64 2, which is what it was teased as uh and instead we get uh this weird ghostbusters game where luigi has like a vacuum sucking up ghosts and that was like the big launch title for gamecube which was super weird at the time and it was fairly well received i mean like at the time again people wanted a mario game they got a luigi game and it's just like this creepy game that at the you know, it didn't get very great reviews because again everyone was expecting something amazing like super mario 64 2 but over time, Luigi's Mansion has just developed this huge following, and everybody loves it now. Uh, it's it's not scary or anything. It's just like it's like kind of Scooby Doo level of scares or like Ghostbusters, where the ghosts are all very cartoony, like Casper. Uh, the story's short too. It's like maybe six hours, but it's not nearly as action packed or as like it's not as like an exploration game like Mario. Like it's over in six hours. It's a short story. There's like five or six bosses. It's pretty easy too. Like you can beat it probably. Like you're a gamer, you could probably beat the game in one sitting. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, and you can't even, you can't play it anywhere except the GameCube, which is interesting to me, is that the GameCube games, like, all the exclusives are pretty much only on GameCube. Uh, you can play, like, Super Mario Sunshine just got ported to the Switch. The beauty of the GameCube is that it's, the, the library is almost completely tied to the GameCube itself. You can't buy any of these games digitally. Of course, you can emulate them, like, there's the Dolphin emulator. But Luigi's Mansion is, that's the only place you can play it, is on GameCube. They released, like, a 3DS port about a year or two ago, which, not as good as the GameCube. The shadows don't pop quite as well, and, and you know, it's, it's 3DS, so it's underpowered. 
But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I highly recommend. Where did you hear about Luigi's Mansion? Like, why haven't you played it yet? It's been, it's almost 19 years old. You've had time. I was dusting off the old memory bank when I was prepping for this podcast. Iconic GameCube games. And that was one of the ones that uh, popped up. That's on everybody's list now. But like, if you talk to people at the time, like, Luigi's Mansion was probably not the favorite launch title. Like, the, the favorite launch titles were, uh, there was the Star Wars game, Star Wars Rogue Squadron 2 Rogue Leader. Did you did you hear about that one? Um, vaguely. I was more into, like, the Super Smash Bros. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I remember when, about the GameCube, you know, because that's when, you know, I think Nintendo really hit its stride, right? Definitely. Yeah, no, the GameCube was when Nintendo was trying to compete directly with the, the other guys, like Microsoft and Sony. Uh, there are some games, actually a lot of games on the GameCube that look better than the PS2 and Xbox games. This was like the generation where Nintendo was specifically trying to target gamers and like teenagers. They were trying to be cool again. They were trying to like not be as kitty, which they lost a lot of gamers with, with the N64 when they were making these cartoony games. So yeah, they were making games that were M-rated and T-games. They had games like Call of Duty and like Resident Evil was on uh, GameCube. And it, you're right, it was the last time they really tried to capture that audience. And that's why the console is so special to Mike and I, because, you know, after the GameCube, there was the Wii, which was a bit of a joke. Um, and then there was the Wii U, which was really bad. Like, just, I mean, I had a Wii U and like Smash Bros was fun and Mario Kart was fun, but there was nothing on the Wii U worth like anything to anybody else. Like that, that console sold, what, like 20, not even 20 million units. But yeah, like it was just like they were just coming out with these really cool games that were not like they were just different. And that that's why we love the GameCube is because it's just it's the last time that Nintendo really tried to go hardcore gamer. And it's it, it failed like compared to Microsoft, Xbox and uh, and PlayStation with Sony. Um, but yeah, like it over the years, I feel like that the, the community around GameCube has grown, even though the console's been dead since 2007. Um, like when we start, when we started the podcast, we, we, we were looking at prices for a lot of these games and consoles and like, it was affordable, uh, to be a GameCube collector. Like you could pick up a console for maybe 50 bucks and a lot of the good games for under 50. I see here that the opening weekend had a hundred million dollars of product in North America. The console was off to a f terrific start. Like they launched with Luigi's Mansion. They had that Star Wars game I told you about. They had Wave Race. They had a few sports games. What's your thoughts on... Like Mario Kart, do you remember playing that back in the day? Yeah, my first Mario Kart memory was on N64, so Mario Kart 64. Um, and I played that game almost every single day. I was in kindergarten, I'm sorry to make you feel older, but... Uh, <laughs> oh, shit. I remember uh, Mario Kart from the Super Nintendo, so that's... <laughs> okay. Yeah, I have, that, I have that one too. I ended up picking that one up way later, but I didn't play that one until I was in college, I think. I played it when it came out, so thank you for that. <laughs> I don't know. Mario Kart, Super Mario Kart is so hard to go back to, though. Have you played that recently? No, like, I played it enough times when I was a kid, enough for a lifetime. But yeah, dude, Mario Kart is a special franchise. I have all the games on my shelf. I have, uh, there's SNES, N64, GameCube, Wii, Wii U, Switch, and then Game Boy Advance, DS, 3DS. Um, so there's like nine Mario Kart games now, I think. Um, yeah, what, what was special about the one on GameCube? Like, what, what made that one different? Or was there any, was there much difference? Dude, the one on GameCube is the most different, so it feels the most different. Like, Super Mario Kart and then N64 feels like a natural progression, but then N64 to GameCube felt like such a wild jump because you had two people in the cart, uh, so, like, one, one character's uh, controlling the wheel and the other character's throwing the items, and you could switch characters. You got different items depending on which characters you chose, which was completely new to Mario Kart. Uh, like, if you had Yoshi, you had eggs to throw. If you were Donkey Kong, you'd get extra, like, bigger bananas so there was like, and you, there was cart customization, which was new to the game. So 
and even the controls feel different. Like the game is a little bit tighter, snappier, um, but uh, it's, it's like the kart controls feel a lot tighter. Like it just feels like a more mechanical racing game, whereas classic traditional Mario Kart just feels like you're drifting, the kart's kind of controlling itself a little bit, it feels more fluid. Mm -hmm. So like why the GameCube? I know why we mentioned this earlier, but of all the systems, what like give me the real reason, like why that one? Why that one? I mean, it's just such a it's just such a weird console. Like it was it was the generation where Nintendo said, "Okay, we're not going to do cartridges anymore." And everyone was stoked because they thought they were going to get a, a a Nintendo console that played DVDs, but they ended up switching to like these little tiny discs that you couldn't fit any space on anyway. And they released weird peripherals like this weird controller so you could play Fantasy Star Online on and I don't know. It's just such a weird. Like every game was different. Like they they didn't release Super Mario Two. They released Mario Sunshine with this weird jetpack, and Luigi had a vacuum, and and it was just like everything was so out of left field. Like it was just a weird console, and it was like a little purple lunchbox with a handle, and you know there, it's it's so hard to explain. But like, what's the craziest game um, that GameCube kind of delivered? Like the one that's like off the wall. Give me like an off the wall one. Yeah, they made this weird game called Cubivore. Um, I think only like 10,000 copies sold worldwide. It was, it was a complete failure, but, uh, it's this weird game. It was ported from N64. So it looks like an N64 game and it's, is it rated M or T crap? I can't remember now, but it's like this weird M rated game or T rated game where you're just this cube and you're moving up like through a life cycle chain, like, like you're a food chain and it's like teaching Darwinism, like just evolution and it's, it's almost educational, but then it's also kind of weird and like creepy and sick. Like you eat things to grow and like when you die, you're, you end up playing as your children and then they have to grow up. Like it's this kind of like Sims. But uh, that was probably the weirdest game that we've found so far that N Nintendo published and put out on the GameCube. That was just a complete failure. If you want to pick it up now, it's like 200 or $300. So it's super expensive. But that's the weirdest game that we've come across so far by far. Yeah. So is there anything about the GameCube that you think that people um, don't understand? Like, or is it like underappreciated, do you think? It's definitely underappreciated. I just think that too many people from the early 2000s just instantly think PS2. Like they they like like you like you said like they had a PS1 and then they instantly just bought a PS2. The PS2 had the DVD player and it had like Grand Theft Auto. But I think people just don't understand how fun Nintendo's exclusives were on the GameCube. Like yeah, we didn't have Grand Theft Auto and there wasn't any Ratchet and Clank or or Final Fantasies. I mean there were, but they were kind of weird. Um but just like the Nintendo games that that Nintendo put out in the early 2000s stand up today. Like if you play a first party Nintendo game from GameCube, like if you pick up today, if you went and bought Luigi's Mansion, I guarantee you're going to have a good time and the graphics are going to look okay. Like on a, if you have a CRT TV, I don't know if you do. Um, they look really good there, but like if you pick up a PS2 game now, like an early PS2 game, like Summoner or something like that, like it doesn't age well. Like people don't remember the PS2 generation. I don't think the same way GameCube, GameCube fans did. And I think that that's, lost on a lot of people that it was just like a place and time console that if you played it back then you're gonna you're gonna love it now and if you pick it up now like you're gonna become a fan i think like and ps2 is a little bit harder because they also don't work as much the playstation 2s but gamecube's it's it's a good console to jump in on and, and that's why we cover it because we love it so all right man go plug away man yeah i'll say our little plug here we we like to start every episode with the same uh same little jingle here so here it goes 
Um, my name is Neil. I'm one half of the GameCube is Cool podcast. I'm usually joined every week by my co-host, Mike Lane. Uh, we have new episodes every... We are Sorry, we're called the GameCube is Cool podcast. We have new episodes every Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and all the other podcast services. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We are at the GameCube pod. We are the number one GameCube podcast on the internet, and we're here to look back on all 555 North American GameCube games, one by one, sometimes 12 by 12. We're about 26 episodes in when you listen to this podcast. We've covered classics such as Luigi's Mansion, Super Smash Bros. Melee, uh, Animal Crossing, Super Mario Sunshine, and so many more. We're about 150 games in now. I think I, I think people are starting to get the sense that like we're here to stay because you look on Spotify and, and, and Apple Podcasts and you see some podcasts that were dedicated to the GameCube, but they only lasted maybe nine episodes or so. Or they only cover like the main games, but Mike and I were dedicated to covering every single game. Like even if it's only for even if it's only for a few minutes, we're gonna talk about a game, read the back of the case, talk a bit about what people thought of it at the time, if we think it looks good now, uh, and nothing like that exists. So that's why we say we're the number one GameCube podcast on the internet because it's true. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Sean. I, I appreciate it too, and uh, we'll have to have you come on our podcast sometime. If if you eventually play some GameCube games, let us know, and we'll uh, we'll invite you out. All right. Take care. All right. Later. Bye. All right, there you go. That was my interview with Neil from the GameCube Was Cool podcast. Um, that was a really fun time. You know, I remember back in the day playing the GameCube, PS2, you know, vaguely PS3. I mean, good freaking times. Also, in the works is the next episode of Mr. Cynic, which will be on Narcissism. Thanks to those who voted in the poll. The pros and cons of narcissism will be on the way soon. And there you go. That will do it for this episode of the Sensibly Cynical Podcast. Please check us out on Twitter at Cynical Sensibly Instagram, Sensibly Cynical Pod. And you can check out our Facebook group, of course. Check us out on iTunes and please subscribe, rate, and review us. I would really, really, really really appreciate it. That's it. Take care.